Hello and welcome to a special edition of the In The Money Players podcast produced in conjunction with our friends at uh, the JRA, Japan Racing Association. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you in the Brooklyn Bunker once again. And we have put together an international cast of characters to talk about mainly one, but really two big nights of racing left in Japan. And in both instances, the big races are a little bit more of an approachable time. We'll get to that as we go on. Uh, we'll do a round of introductions very quickly, and then we'll, we'll dive into these races. We'll start with the man uh, on the top of the screen up here next to me, who comes to us from time to time to talk Woodbine. It's talk JRA. He is Klaus Ebner. Klaus, what's going on? Good morning, Pete. Klaus does a great job providing content for the JRA races over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com. We'll be doing that again. You can get selections. You can get PPs. And the rest of the folks on this panel all participate in that. Um, we will bring in right now uh, uh, from the TDN a man who participates in that and, and also uh, has an impressive knowledge of uh, pedigrees, etc. Alan Carrasso. Alan, what's going on? Good morning, Pete. How are you guys? And beneath Alan on the little Brady Bunch style panel that we have, a woman who we were pleased to have on one of our JRA shows recently. Uh, she's a super fan. I think I think she won't disagree with that uh, that that distinction. She is super. She is a fan. She's also a fantastic analyst when it comes to the JRA. She's Alex Henry. Hello. Good morning. And then from uh, Japan, which is great to have that uh, that local institutional knowledge. Man, I've had the pleasure of talking racing with on a number of occasions. He is, I don't think he's really in that library. It looks like he's in, but I, I like to pretend that he is. He's Toshi Onokubo. Toshi, what's going on? At least I try, Pete. Yeah, very good, thanks. Yeah. It would be cool. It would be great if you were spending your Friday night in the, in the library. That would show just what a student of form you are. So let's dive in and we're gonna start off with this race. It's such a unique, I, I'm just, I'm envisioning a, a scenario where a lot of our listeners, maybe who don't even always look at the, the JRA stuff or always stay up late, are going to stay up late for this race. For one thing, it's an amazing field. We're going to get into the particulars of that as we as we chat along here. But the um, the Arima uh, Kinen is taking place at 1.25 a.m. on Christmas Day. So I'm seeing this scenario where, you know, you're up late. Maybe the kids are in bed. Maybe, you know, uh, you, you can have a cup of coffee or, or something stronger than coffee with Santa Claus as he comes down the chimney right at that 125. Stay up late and watch this race. That's my advice to you. And you can do the same thing again a few days later with the futurity. But of course, if we're going to follow that scenario, we're certainly going to be having a bet. To, to kick off, you know, you could be walking around Christmas morning, uh, you know, early wee hours, late Christmas Eve, early Christmas morning, lucky and not even know it if you don't take a shot with a wager. And uh, Toshi, we're going to start with you for your thought on uh, on who's going to win this race and, and uh, a little bit of an overview of what you're really looking forward to seeing. So, Pete, you know, at first, you know, I'd like to introduce Arima Kinen to your audience. So Arima Kinen is, you know, arguably one of the mo mo most popular race in Japan. And it is, you know, the in terms of racing, this is the biggest racing in Japan. And, you know, end of year and this year, you know, we got, as you said, you know, Arimakinen will be on Christmas Day in Japan. And the interesting fact would be 16 runners decided by vote, you know, by fans, you know, general public, you know, 
vote. And this year we got more than 4 million votes and title holder got, got to, you know, first place for that vote. And it's very unique race in Japan. And, you know, we got a very good feel this year as well. You know, unfortunately, only uh, 47,000, really bit more, you know, uh, people would be attended uh, this Sunday at Nakayama Race Course due to the current COVID restriction by JRA. But, you know, the quality of competition is not, you know, uh, decreased at all. You know, we got, you know, so many grade one winners, you know, the Osaka High winner, Potage, Takarazuka Kinen winner, ta- you know, title holder is, you know, Unfortunately, you got, you know, bad luck in raining and, you know, wet ground in the arc. And also, you know, very highly, you know, very highly rated uh, three years old, Tenno Show winner, Equinox. You know, he was second in Guineas and Derby boss, you know, Satsuki Show and Tokyo Yushin. You know, it is so interesting to see which horse is going to win. But the one horse I'd like to mention would be the Philly, uh, Geraldina. Uh, by Morris, champion Myra, slash grade one winner over, you know, Myra and quarter, uh, 2,000 meter. And he was, you know, genuine champion horse. And her dam, Gentilonna, is also the champion mare. And she's, you know, previous winner of the Arima Kinen. So I would like to see, you know, uh, Geraldina to replicate her dam, Gentilonna's success this year. I like that idea. Certainly, uh, certainly a great storyline and a great and unique setup, as you point out, Toshi. Alex, let's bring you back in for for your thoughts here on the Arima Kinen. Is is this a race you will look forward to every year? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I want to give a great shout out to Klaus this morning. He actually sent over a uh, video from the new winning post 10 game coming out in March of next year. Um, So I'll give a little background about that. So the video game winning post, the series I spoke about in our last video, my favorite video game of all time. um, For some major races, they actually do a simulation race. Um, So taking all the stats of the real life horses and putting the actual field together for these grade one races and they send them off using the game engine and actually run the race. So uh, I was able to view that this morning and title holder came out as the, the narrow winner over Equinox. Um, one, one aspect I want to bring up that was interesting that the game um, simulated was they're forecasting a slow pace with title holder on the lead. Um, in the simulation, he got the lead by about four lengths or so um, until, until the head of the stretch. So uh, that could be an interesting way this uh, race plays out. <laughs> uh, it's an amazing simulation if folks haven't seen it that's is that widely available on youtube klaus that, that yeah that was just yeah. a youtube link so folks yeah, can yeah. check that yeah. out maybe we'll pop that in the in the show notes or or certainly up on the on the blog on saturday i think people will be pretty impressed be pretty cool if there was some way to do uh do a, do a sim like that in with, with north american racing what about your own uh, handicapping opinion alex do you think it is going to play out that way at the at the top of the market or are you going to be looking to reach for something a, a little bit further down you know it could uh, i i do like uh geraldina um as toshi mentioned i, I think that that's very a very strong choice um i want to kind of talk about Equinox. Um, so that, that rising three-year-old um, that was mentioned a little bit earlier. So the Tenno Show winner, as Toshi mentioned, um, he's, you know, an angle that we like to use in the U.S. racing, a, a rising three to four-year-old. Um, so coming to the end of the, end of the season, um, even though he wasn't able to get it done in the classics, 
So, um, so the Japanese guineas, a 2000 guineas equivalent, um, the Asatsuki show, and then the Japanese derby over 2,400 meters, um, he is a rapidly improving type uh, and could figure to improve um, on his speed figures um, by at least a couple of points. Um, right now, using humanity's speed figures, he's sitting uh, for his Tenno show win, sitting at a 102.7. Um, for reference, I believe the Great Deep Impact, I, I believe he was in the 110s, if I'm not mistaken, maybe um, high high 109 um, for, for his best win. So he's figuring to improve. So I'd like to take a look at him. And um, also I'll throw out um, Justin Palace at possibly a price. Um, I believe as of this morning, he's sitting at about 16, like the 16s um, on the decimal odds. Um, he was the Kobe Shinbun high winner. At, it's a grade two over 2,200 meters earlier this year. Um, couldn't get it done in the uh, 3,000 meter Kukuka show um, last out, but perhaps the 3,000 meters was too long for him. And now he gets 2,500, cutting it back a little bit, could figure to be a major player at the end. I'm glad you mentioned that humanity.jp site. First thing you got to do when you go over there, if you're if you're an English only speaker, is click on the English tab to get uh, to get the to get that uh, toggled over. But a lot of great info on there, um, and, and definitely definitely a good resource early on. As again, as we get to the day, we'll have inline PPs that folks are used to looking at over at the in the money podcast.com site, but uh, some good ideas there from Alex for sure. Alan, we'll bring you in. You were on that same email that uh, sent around the winning post 10 simulation, which, uh, which didn't please you very much as, as I gathered from your hilarious email response. <laughs> Chalk eating. But uh, I mean, according to that too, the, the ground is forecast to be a little choppy, which apparently uh, I don't think it will be. Uh, it should be a sound and, and, and fast rock surface, as, as they like to say. But I guess I'm approaching this from a market standpoint. I, title holder and Equinox are at the top of the market and clearly capable of winning. I w I'm going to have a go at Euphoria just because he's gone off for him just a little bit. Um, doesn't appear on paper to be the same that he was last year. But on his best, if, if he's able to come back to, to his best – and his connections say that he's been training well. Um, I think he can be a factor in this. He's the defending champion. Uh, so he likes the, the track and the, and the trip. Uh, I think Deep Bond has the ability to go forward and, and keep title holder a little bit honest. So I want to give a, a four a crack. He's somewhere fourth or fifth choice, eight or nine to one. And I, I would chop around and play a little bit with prices. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there's a logic to me, and this isn't based on data, and the data is out there, but I didn't prep anybody for it. But there's a logic to me in a race like this that is a popularity contest, like quite literally, that maybe the favorites do take too much money and you have a chance to find something a, a little bit further down. Klaus, is there, from your experience in this race, do, do you see that? Do you see this race bet any differently with the tremendous amount of attention on it? Or is that so much the norm in the JRA that it doesn't really, that it doesn't really necessarily play out that way? And then, of course, our pool is, is separated anyway. So even if that phenomenon happens over there, it wouldn't necessarily be reflected here. But is there anything different about the, about the market in this race? No, I, I think uh, I think Alan's right. The, the top of the market it, it kind of shows in the in the favoritism and wager in the the voting as well as wagering. So, you know, for the most part, the favorites are there on merit as well as you know the fans kind of saying they should be there. So, yeah, I, I agree. The, the top two in the market right now are the ones that you know on form right now are probably the, the two best in the race. If you know if you look at the likes of uh, title holder, 
you know, he's one of the controlling speeds. He, uh, you know, he, he, he's run with Euphoria last year and, and this year he, he ran two very good, very good races uh, in, in both grade one events. So, you know, I, I think in my opinion, title holder, in my opinion, if, if he can bounce back from that arc effort, I think he's really, for me, the one to beat. I, I agree with Alan. Uh, I'm part of the Euphoria fan club as well. Uh, you know, it, it's funny because kind of seeing the the talk in Japan, and I'm sure Toshi, Toshi saw this as well, is that uh, Euphoria was being called Cal Euphoria just because of uh, how big he has, he's been leading up to this race. You know, he's been behind the eight ball after his two kind of lackluster starts hitting the gate as well as, you know, title holder and uh, at the last so running uh, uh, part of the expression, but balls to the wall, and that's uh, Takarazuka Keenan. So um, for, for me, uh, you know, I, I can't I can't drift off of Euphoria. I think he's really the, for me, uh, you know, I'll be betting with my heart as well as my, uh, as both my head as well. We'll see if he can come back to, you know, Euphoria, because if this is Euphoria from last year, I, I think he can beat this field pretty good. But there's a lot of question marks there. And I think because of those question marks, you're going to get a, a bit of a price of Euphoria this year, just because of his two efforts, you know, a bit of an injury coming back and then just the trainer and everyone just struggling to get him back to, to peak fitness. His last workout was very good, but again, I, I just, he's behind the eight ball. So, you know, you, you may not see the, uh, you know, 2021 version of Euphoria, but you are going to see hopefully somewhere close to that. And at least I hope, and, and to Alan's point, the odds will, will at least pay out very well for you. Um, we're speaking, you know, I, I know Alex had uh, horses that are on the rise. You know, there's another three-year-old that I was kind of looking at a little bit in the form of, uh, of Bulldog Haas. Uh, so Bulldog Haas, also a three-year-old as well, improving three-year-old, uh, has that screen hero pedigree that uh, seems to do very well at long-distance races in Japan. So for me, as a, as a price, he's one I'm looking at as well. And uh, another horse, you know, who, who may drift up there in odds just because of all the good horses in this race is uh, Vela Azul, who, who happened to you know win the Japan Cup and is also on a you know winning streak right now. So uh, again, you can I'm sure in this in this race with all the all the options you're going to have, you're going to have some some good really good horses drift up at uh, some good good odds, much like a Breeders' Cup race where you'd have you know multiple talented horses and you can actually get one at, at, at a really good price. That's a great point. When you have a horse that has the credentials to maybe in a certain year's running of the race or in a certain race at a similar level to be the favorite, and you're seeing the likes of uh, eight to one uh, a little bit longer than that on on a Vela Azul or an Euphoria, it may, might make you want to get involved. And it's the kind of thing where you should probably um, also just be looking to do a little bit of uh, price shopping and see what you can come up with in terms of these wagers you can make very, very early on Christmas morning, late on Christmas Eve, depending on how you look at it. Before we get out of here, I want to go around the horn one more time with a, with a quicker thought on, uh, on the Futurity, which will be happening uh, on what did we say? I have it in my notes right here. On the 28th in Japan, that'll be the 27th for us. Once again, that uh, very early, uh, very early in the morning, um, 1.25 a.m. again. Klaus, let's keep it with you for uh, a, a little bit of an overview and, and perhaps an early thought as to a selection in the futurity. Yeah, so the cards haven't been drawn, so we're, we're kind of rolling the dice a little bit here in terms of uh... – you know who's going to be in the race, um, but for me, the, the, the horse I kind of looking at, provided he draws in, uh, would be a horse called uh, Gastrique. Uh, so Gastrique by just away out of a, a curling mare, uh, two for two, kind of came from off the pace, uh, was a winner last time out of the uh, Tokyo Sports Nation High, uh, won by a neck over Dan on the Tiger. So 
you know, I think for me, he's probably the one I'll be looking at. Uh, you know, I guess the only concern I can see is that he hasn't raced at Nakayama. He's only been racing in Tokyo, but you know, it's not a bad thing. But uh, for me, you know, he the, he's the one for me that's uh, I'll be probably looking at uh, over the rest of the field. And we won't hold anybody's feet to the fire for a selection, obviously, with the field not drawn. You can go back and look at the website and get uh, final answers on the on the day slash night. But I'll ask the same question around the horn. Alan, turning next to you, any particular runner you're interested in here from either a bloodlines or form perspective that you're hoping draws in? Yeah, I'll go with the bloodlines angle. Thanks for that, Pete. I appreciate that. Uh, a horse called uh, Jay Palms debuted at Tokyo over the 2000 uh, in early November and won clear by three lengths. Uh, it's always good to have the endorsement of Christophe Lemaire on, on debut. So, you know, he was uh, he was well fancied. He was two to five that day, won by three lengths. Interestingly, he's out of a mare, a Congaree mare called Killer Graces, who happened to produce the winner of this race last year, uh, Killer Ability. So his name is Jabe, and that's what I would be most interested in. I like that. Uh, I like that angle. You know, when you can connect, uh, connect year to year. Alex, you know, I've always used that angle that you talked about with the with the uh, late season three year olds, but I'd never put together to to attach the the term that I usually think of in terms of like college athletes, the rising three year old. I'll definitely be stealing that in the video that we do a little bit later today about the uh, about the Malibu and and the loaded Santa Anita opening day card, which we'll be we'll be covering uh, in in full. How about the rising two year olds in the in the futurity? Where is your where is your eye drawn from this far out? Sounds good, Pete. Um, so I think my 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 eye is drawn towards a cult called Phantom Thief. Um, he's uh, by Harbinger out of a Medagli de Oro mare, a Lupin. Um, the reason why is because uh, the last race uh, he ran in was the Nojigiku Stakes over 2,000 meters on firm turf at Chikyo Racecourse. Um, he got a great, a strong speed figure. Um, I think, I believe, um, one of the highest in the field so far um, that's drawn in currently. And he finished that race over 2,000 meters in two minutes, two minutes point two. So that's very fast. Even grade one racing in the U.S. doesn't get. 2000 meters or a mile and a quarter that quickly. So great come home time, 33.5 seconds. So really interested in this runner. That's that's resource time. There's no doubt, <laughs> uh, no doubt about it. Toshi, how about you in the futurity? Who are you hoping draws in? You have any idea of who, where you might be betting? Yes, Pete, you know, I would go with uh, Hart Conchelt. Uh, he won his debut in uh, Chukyo, you know, very impressively. He won by 1.3 second, and he missed jump the second time out in Tokyo Sports High, and that's a grade two, previously grade three, and you know uh, it's upgraded and it's you know kind of classic trial I would call. You know, unfortunate, you know, he got you know he missed jump, and you know went wide, but he finished well, I'd say. And, you know, uh, Ram mentioned that, uh, sorry, as actually Kraus mentioned, you know, Gastric, you know, he, he was the winner. But, yeah, the horse I'm going to go this time around would be Hart's Conchelt. So this could be redemption for him, I'd say. Klaus, obviously, this is our last JRA show of the year. And we'll be taking a little break, but uh, but hopefully coming back strong. Give folks a little bit of an overview of what happens in the, in the season and uh, when we might be picking back up. So the JRA pretty much provides us with uh, 24 grade one race dates. Uh, so that's what, you know, obviously we want more. We've, we've asked our partners at the JRA for more, but 
as it stands right now, where we're still working through the 2023 contract, as we at Woodbine do host the North American pools, the JRA. So as it stands right now, we're going to be back for the February stakes again, which I think this next year will be, I believe it'll be uh, February the 18th uh, here in North America, February 19th in Japan. So that's our next day. So, you know, certainly uh, brush up, get your uh, handicapping skills sharpened, and we'll be back for the first grade one race in Japan on, on dirt uh, from Tokyo. Not too bad. Not not too long of a break, really, at all. All right, great stuff. I uh, want to thank the team, Klaus and Alan and Alex and Toshi. Always a pleasure having you on here. Uh, pleasure working with Woodbine slash the JRA. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatal. May you win all your photos. <laughs>